And I'm just kind of a stubborn person. So when somebody tells me not to do something, it's like incentive, you know, to prove them wrong. This is The Playbook. Welcome to The Playbook. This is David Meltzer. I am with the incredible Dr. Don Brown, CEO and founder of Life Omic. Welcome to The Playbook, Dr. Brown. Thanks for having me. You know, it's so amazing because doctors and lawyers are well-trained tra- individuals. They're intelligent, academically trained, uh, and it's a hard transition for hyper-specialists to transition into the business world. Um, and I thought we'd start there as an entrepreneur. A lot of times we're well-trained, but that doesn't prepare us, no matter what success we've had with that training, to the business aspect of utilizing the skills the knowledge with that desire to expand and grow a business. Yeah, you know, for me, it was uh, uh, largely an accident. Uh, an accident. I had uh, no business background. You know, my dad and, and mom uh, had eighth grade educations. They were from the hills of uh, Kentucky, uh, deep Appalachia. And my dad uh, was in the army and then uh, managed a gas station. So, so I went to college, um, you know, sure that I was going to be a, a, a scientist, you know, a, a biomedical uh, researcher. Uh, after an undergraduate degree in physics, I, I got into an MD PhD program uh, in biochemistry um, and uh, I you know, never had any idea that I would uh, be an entrepreneur, but I um, uh, ended up uh, switching from biochemistry to computer science. I got my graduate degree in, in uh, the then new field of uh, computer science. Uh, and while I was finishing up med school, I started a little uh, company, uh, software company with a buddy of mine from uh, undergrad to uh, write uh, software for his car dealership. And, uh, you know, uh, after med school, I thought, well, I'll try this a little while and it'll probably crater and, you know, I'll, I'll go back and do what I was originally planning to do. But, you know, sometimes life takes you in unexpected directions. Yeah, which it has for me as well, coming out of law school and actually my career taking me to Indianapolis as well with West Publishing in 1992, putting legal research on the internet and yet you got involved in software and building a company. In fact, I think your company was the first to go public in Indiana um, and was acquired by IBM even. Um, For you, what was the pressure when you decided to start a software company? Because there's so much stability with the education you had and the success that you had, you know, to start your own company was extremely risky, but also probably fairly unpopular with the people who love you most and are most afraid of your failures and most afraid for you, they want your success. What were those challenges like to transition from the other people's opinion to believing in yourself that you could build this multi-million dollar software company? Yeah, well, you're, you're exactly right. It was uh, kind of hard for my family to uh, accept. I, I'll never forget my uh, uh, father-in-law uh, was a, a farmer in Northern Indiana. And I uh, excitedly uh, told him, I thought, you know, I, I thought he would be all for it. Yeah, I, since as a farmer, he was kind of an entrepreneur uh, him, himself. Uh, and I told him I was starting a company as I was finishing up med- medical school. And he was just 
so incredibly negative. He said, you know, you're too young. You don't know anything. You need to go off and work for IBM or some big company for 10 or 20 years. And then, you know, maybe think about starting your own company. And for me, it just kind of <laughs> rubbed me the wrong way. And I thought, damn it, no, this is, I'm going to do this. And yeah, maybe I'll, I probably will fail. I probably will, you know, this will go down in flames, but my God, it's my life and I want to try it. And so yeah, I'm just kind of a stubborn person. So when somebody tells me not to do something, it's like incentive, you know, to prove them wrong. Yeah, you and Tom Brady, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> He's in a different category. Yeah, you know, I, I uh, when I ran Lee Steinberg, the sports agency, we were choosing between Manning and Ryan Leaf. And that was the, argu that was the argument I had why Ryan Leaf was going to be so much better than Peyton Manning. Uh, because Ryan Leaf had never had the chip on his shoulder. And, you know, Ryan Leaf from Washington State, I figured this kid grew up in Montana. He's like Dr. Brown. He's going to be so stubborn. He'll do anything to succeed. Um, but another great, success in your life you know i was blessed to overcome losing a hundred million dollars over uh in 2008 and make it back but i'm always uh just amazed by people who have a big exit you know a couple hundred million dollar exit and then are able to catapult that into their next company uh your interactive intelligence company which also right had what 1.4 billion dollars in 2016 and exit with genesis i think uh, I had a lot to do in the telecommunications here, but you know, what was that translation like? Because now you have something to lose. See, you, you, everybody will say, yeah, doc, you're like Dave Meltzer. You had nothing to lose. You're my I have a single mom and six kids. Like who's going to really care if I fail. And I was in the same way when I went on the internet, eh, I can always go back and be a real lawyer. I'm going to you know, do this, but now you got something to lose. You know, what were the challenges there when starting and succeeding with this next venture? Yeah, well, yeah, you're right. I mean, the advantage at that point was, um, you know, I did have some money to be able to fund it. So with interactive intelligence, I think I put in uh, somewhere 10 to $20 million. Uh, so, you know, the, the money I made from the previous company, I risked it all. You know, I didn't intend to, <laughs> you know, I thought, you know, I'm going to kind of uh, circumscribe this. I'll have a defined uh, uh, portion that I'll in, invest in, but I'm going to have the discipline to, you know, draw the line and say, no, well, that, uh, you know, went out the window very quickly. And so, yeah, in a dizzying amount of time, you know, I went from being financially secure to having everything on the line again. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's <laughs> a scary feeling, but I don't know. There's something about walking that tightrope that's, you know, just exciting you know and to that excitement what is your favorite part you know as you've now started your, your latest venture putting once again your own money uh, besides giving back to the community i think you are one of the largest do, do, uh, donors to multiple uh places but especially indiana university school of medicine uh being philanthropic but what's your favorite part of this this whole journey um getting you to the point where you're now with life omic and you know there has to be much more than the money yeah, I, I think it's some sort of psychological problem. I, I think there's some degree of masochism uh, in, involved, but I, I love those uh, early periods, just the uncertainty, you know, that you jump into an area and, oh my gosh, with Lifomic, I've experienced it in spades. Because, 
you know, I had the exit from my uh, interactive, you know, my portion, I don't remember was, you know, pre-tax was 300 million bucks or some crazy uh, number. And uh, so I, I, I gave 30 million bucks to uh, the IU School of Medicine to start an immunotherapy center. Uh, it's something I've become really passionate about. I'd, I had a few years ago, uh, not many years ago, I enrolled in a master's program in biotechnology at Johns Hopkins. Uh, I was about close to 60 years old, freaked my kids out. You know, I told them I'm going back to school. I said, Dad, what the hell? Why? <laughs> you know, at your age, you know, <laughs> you ought to be sitting in a rocking chair uh, someplace. <laughs> Uh, but I just had a blast, you know, competing against these uh, East Coast hot shots, you know, this grandpa from Indiana, uh, you know, going uh, up against these, you know, really best and brightest kids at, uh, at uh, Johns Hopkins. And um, I'm a competitive guy, so I enjoy kicking their butts, you know, uh, in uh, every, every class, showing them this, you know, old dude can, uh, can uh, still uh, uh, handle it. Um, but um, I, you know, so when, when I had to exit from my, from uh, interactive, my kids said, you know, I've got eight kids and uh, they said, you know, dad, surely you're going to hang it up now, right? You're just going to take it easy and I uh, you know, do something, take up golf. I've never yeah, golfed in my life. So <laughs> that's kind of the running joke. And I said, guys, you know, I'm going to give 30 million bucks to the School of Medicine to do something, you know, really is a demonstration to my kids that my life is not about money, you know, that uh, this is something I can, I could take up some of this money and do something uh, good with, but maybe out of a lack of imagination, I decided I'm going to start another company. And I don't know what we're going to do. You know, I'm probably going to, and I told my kids, I'm probably going to lose a ton of money uh, on this, but this is my thing. I'm not going to buy a yacht. I'm not going to, you know, I don't golf. I, you know, I don't need another house. You know, I've got the material things that, that I need. And, you know, this is what's really fulfilling to me. So I decided just to kind of uh, jump in and, and see what we could do. And beyond that, you're hyper competitive and it's an internal competition that you have. And within that, you've allowed that externally to show itself in the platform that you built because gamification is a big part of, of what you do for the betterment of our health, uh, which is, I think, terrific. You know, how important is that gamification, that competition, that internal drive when you have, you know, these great technologies, we still have to have the emotional aspect for people to use it and be enticed or engaged with it. How important is that competition that you learned through your career to put into your platform? Oh, I, I think it's critical, you know, and um, during my uh, studies at Johns Hopkins, uh, I had uh, stumbled over a paper by a guy named uh, Walter Longo at uh, USC. And uh, I, he uh, kind of sent me down the rabbit hole. I just became fascinated by the notion of uh, intermittent fasting. You know, the, just the idea of going without calories for a few hours and the beneficial effects that 
uh, it, uh, it has on the on the body. So I started practicing it. I started, uh, you know, turned my kids onto it. You know, found that we were texting each other and like, Dad, you know, I just went. I'm just breaking a 24 hour fast, and here's a picture of you know the pizza or whatever you know that I'm I'm uh, eating. And uh, so I, uh, you know, at Lifeomic, what we initially did was build a cloud platform for cancer researchers uh, at the the School of Medicine. And they're they're using it for uh, for that today. So you know, big time genomics, uh, you know, deep machine learning, analytical capabilities to try to identify the the specific mutations that are uh, driving a particular cancer. But along the way, uh, we decided to build this little mobile app uh, that you know for me was you know selfish. I wanted this for myself, for you know my kids. I turned some of my uh, family in Appalachia onto uh, uh, intermittent fasting, and was stunned to see that you know for folks down there where there are tremendous uh, rates of obesity, type two diabetes. You tell them not to eat uh, uh, biscuits and sausage gravy, and you're going to get shot. You know, <laughs> uh, but you know to tell them to put down the fork for a few hours, and instead of having your biscuits and gravy at seven o'clock in the morning, have it at nine o'clock in the morning or ten o'clock, and get you know maybe a sixteen-hour fast. They they found success. You know, they started doing it. People down there started losing weight and you know getting healthier. And so I told my team, I want to build a mobile app uh, to you know uh, for intermittent fasting. And they looked at me like I had three heads. Like, <laughs> what the heck does this have to do with you know anything that we're doing now? And my flimsy excuse was, we'll do this. And maybe we'll get five or 10,000 people who use this little app. And since uh, the app will use our cloud platform as the back end for account management and data storage, these people will be giving us some free load testing. And so my team said, that sounds you know, <laughs> pretty iffy, but okay, you're the boss. You know, If you want us to do it, we'll do the, the, the app. Well, it, we uh, just now have passed 4 million downloads of, uh, of that app. Uh, so we got plenty of load testing. But then the other thing we did was, uh, you know, it kind of took us, uh, well, it kind of broadened our mission, starting, you know, with, you know, cancer, which is the toughest health uh, condition of, of all in, in so many ways. But it kind of took us more into general health and wellness. And so that's been a lot of fun. And in that area, you're exactly right. Engagement is the key. You know, you can build wonderful technology, you know, that could make a difference. But if you can't engage people, if it's not fun, if it's not attractive, you know, if, if it doesn't involve some gamification, some competition, you know, it's probably all for naught. And so it's been really fun to see the gamification, the social aspects, you know, really uh, uh, propel uh, our uh, offering in terms of its popularity. And utilizing that as well, you're launching next year a book about your past successes and leadership, but within the context of leadership and the humility that you have, as I could tell through your career, um, there's a, a valuable lesson in being a leader. And I see this in your career as I did uh, my due diligence to learn about you. There's two types of people. There's ignorant people and then there's ignorant people. And no matter how educated we are, and the difference is, it seems you were younger like me, 
that we maybe were ignorant and arrogant that we actually knew we actually thought we knew things and we actually thought we were in control of all these things and as i look through your career with the allowance of successes and the faith that you had from each step of success to each step of success becoming more intelligent as a follower to become a greater leader and to become more profitable and passionate and purposeful in what you do it's indicative of your entire journey you know how did that transition from ignorant arrogance into ignorant humility where <laughs> you really have instituted what uh, Xander's wrote you know rule number 6 you don't take yourself so seriously uh and you know you don't know uh how did that transition occur through this you know journey of yours well you know life does a great job of uh kind of slapping us down when we think we've got it all figured out you know so uh, I'm no different than anybody else in in that regard. You know, after uh, I started that first company while I was finishing up medical school, um, and we ended up uh, selling that to uh, uh, EDS and General Motors. Uh, General Motors had a team of 100 people trying to build a software solution for car dealers. Uh, and on the other side, it was me, you know, one, one guy, I didn't have to meet with anybody. I didn't have to write specifications. I didn't have to ask permission. I could just go. And, uh, you know, so eventually I, I EDS and General Motors uh, ended up mothballing their effort because it wasn't getting any place. And they decided to go buy somebody and they bought our uh, little company. And the, uh, of course, as a, what, 30 year old you know, person at that point in my life, the message I drew from it was, I'm a genius. <laughs> you know, I'm, I've got the Midas touch. God, you know, there are all these business guys trying to do stuff. And here I am, the schmuck. Uh, you know, I, I never had a business course in my life. And I've started a company and I've made a million bucks. And God, I'm just, you know, I, I just, I have it, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I must just be amazingly good. And so I, you know, I, my wife asked me, so what are you going to do next? I said, well, obviously I'll start another company. Look at me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I, you know, it, what could go wrong? Uh, and so uh, I, I learned a number of things in that exercise. One, I learned about taxes uh, so the, uh, the huge amount, what seemed like huge amount of money that I was getting, you know, all of a sudden there was a hole in it. There's a, <laughs> a bunch of it's gone. What the hell happened here? And it's like, oh yeah, Uncle Sam takes a big portion of, of that. And then I learned uh, what a, 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 a wife can do who wants to build a custom home uh, all of a sudden uh, and uh, learn what a money pit a house can uh, be. Uh, and then the third thing I, I learned was how quickly uh, cash can go, you know, when you start a new company. So I started a second company, uh, the one that ultimately was successful and became the first uh, software company in Indiana to go public and uh, was acquired by uh, IBM. But the first year was horrible. We had no clear idea what we were going to do. 
you know, we were just going to leverage my genius, my evident genius, you know, so uh, we, inevitably we were going to be successful. But, uh, you know, I was quickly disabused of that notion. So I think within a year, I went from feeling like I've got all the money I'll ever need the rest of my life. I'm the biggest genius on the planet to being maxed out on credit cards and thinking I am the biggest moron who has ever walked this earth. You know, what the hell was I thinking? The money is gone. I've started a company. We don't really have a clear direction, a clear product. And yeah, so anyways, uh, you know, life has this great, great uh, habit of when we were riding high, just smacking us and, you know, ma making us realize, dude, you, you know, you're not half as smart as you thought you were. Yeah, it's a beautiful place for that reason. But yet the attitude and the perspective that you share allows us to learn those lessons and continue to expand, grow and help other people by making a lot of money, helping a lot of people with that money. And most importantly, which is indicative of this interview, having a lot of fun. Uh, people have to check out the, La the Life Accent app. It'll change your life. The book is coming out on leadership and past successes. Do we have a title for the book yet? Yeah, and then I'll, I, just a, a general correction has yeah. nothing to do with leadership or business. Oh, nice. Well, I will gladly tell you in my ignorant humility uh, that uh, my due diligence was incorrect. So what, what does the book have to do with? Well, it's, it's so the title of the book is Understanding Life. And it, it's it's kind of it's kind of a reflection of me. It's an eclectic sort of uh, thing that goes through kind of the history of the development of life on our planet, how how life arose, and you know, starting with obviously unicellular uh, life, and then really uh, it it goes into uh, something called hormesis which is kind of a stress response pathway that's built into our genes and really explains a lot of uh, uh, previously uh, un unrelated sorts of phenomena like why is exercise good for us? Now, why that makes no sense. You know, why is burning a bunch of calories, you know, generating a bunch of free radicals? Why is that good for us? Why are blueberries and, you know, brightly colored uh, 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 plants uh, good for us. Uh, why is something like intermittent fasting, you know, starving for some period of time? Why is that beneficial? Heat, cold, you know, everywhere we look, we find that little stresses uh, actually provoke a positive uh, adaptive response in our bodies. And it's, it's this phenomenon that's come to be uh, called hormesis, or, you know, another kind of informal way of describing it is what doesn't kill us makes us stronger, right? Wow. Uh, it's, it's just true. You see it every, every place. And so anyways, that's what the uh, book is about. I love it. Pain, setbacks, failures, etc. Promotion and protection, actually yep. not punishment, as you stated. And I will tell you that that book sounds a lot more interesting and unique <laughs> than one about leadership and success. Uh, so <laughs> I'm glad that I made that mistake. Thank you so much for joining us. What an incredible playbook to success. Dr. Don Brown, he's the CEO and founder of Life Omic, has a new book coming out about ourselves, which is wonderful, and selves with a C, C-E-L-L, -L, which is incredible. Thank you so much.